Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. Hallelujah. God's Word is good. It's good. And you can build your life on it. You can build your life on it. And when you build your life on it, I tell you what, you're on the solid rock. When you build your life on the Word, you know, whatever kind of storms blow your way, when the storms are done, you'll be standing strong. Okay? Hallelujah. God's Word is good. It covers every area of our life, beginning to end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There'll be an end and we'll be with Jesus. Love that scripture Stephen shared about being compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses. There's people I know in heaven right now. And they're there. And I don't know what all they're doing, but it's cool. But I know one thing they do is when they see us making spiritual advancements here on the earth, they're cheering us on. They're cheering us on. They're saying, yeah, go, go, go. Hallelujah. They didn't just cease to exist. You know, I got rallies up there. They don't care what I had for breakfast. They don't care what I wore today. Dana cares about that. But, but, but uh, you know, they don't care about those things. But they know when things happen spiritually. And they say, yeah, yeah, go, go, yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, we won't go quite that way, but uh, let's, um, let's continue. I believe this will be the last in about a 20-part series or so. <laughs> I don't know. I lost count. But we've been talking about principles of victory. Is it an all-inclusive list? No, but I'll tell you what, it's some good stuff from the Word that'll help us stand straight and walk tall and, and, you know, and, 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 and enjoy the victory that Jesus won for us. Praise the Lord. Principles of victory in 1 John 5, 4. We'll read this like we did every time, and it's a good one. I'll tell you, if you were going to meditate on a verse, this would be a great one. This would be a great one to just hang on to and mull it around. What did, what did that one translation say? To drone on it. To drone it over and over and over and, and just get it on the inside of you until it's part of you. You know, isn't that what it's like when you eat food? When you eat food, whatever you ate for breakfast today, I know they may not care in heaven what you ate, but whatever you ate, it's like it becomes part of you. Become part of you. Some people won't eat certain things because they don't want it to become part of them, you know? Hallelujah. But you know what? You eat the Word. You eat the Word and you get these things in you. They become part of you. And nobody can take them away. 1 John 5 and 4, it says, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Let's say this. Say, I'm born of God. So I'm a world overcomer. It says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Say, okay, so I'm overcoming, and this is the victory that's making me overcome. It's my faith. It's my faith. Faith, isn't that a great thing? Faith is something. You know, there's, there's, you know you've maybe heard this, that principles of faith are taught, but a spirit of faith is caught. And you know what? You need, it, you need both. You need principles of faith taught, and you need a spirit of faith to walk in. It's kind of like this. You know, there's people, I remember when I was like 15 years old. Ah, it's way back, but I remember it. And you know what I did? I studied for the driver's examination. 
Did anybody else do that? I mean, I got that little booklet from, you know, the, the, the people, and, and I, I studied that thing so I could know the laws of the land, and I'd know how to really just so I could pass the test is all I really wanted. But, you know, and, you know, you get, you get really well-versed. I mean, I got that written thing down. I had 100% on that baby, you know, first time through because I studied that stuff, and I knew that. But, you know, just because you got 100% on the written exam for your driver's test doesn't necessarily mean you're a good driver. <laughs> Some things just come by doing them. You know what I mean? But there's people that went out there, and it's obvious to me they never even read the exam papers, you know? <laughs> some, some, maybe somebody thought that of me once. I don't know. Who knows? But, but, I mean, you really you need them both. You need them both, and you need to put them together, and you need to walk these things out. But I tell you, you get these principles of victory down. I tell you, here's the deal. You get the word inside you like this. You get, you get God's word on the inside of you. And the challenges that you and I face, I mean, they're diverse. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You can never quite figure out how that stuff's going to happen. And that's how it is when you walk it out. You don't always figure out how God's going to get you through it. But when you got his word settled down on the inside of you, I'll tell you what, he'll get you through. He'll get you through. And, and I don't know if you've seen this, but sometimes it almost seems like he does it. Just he, He'll always do it in ways I don't expect. You know? You know? And if he's done it one way before, it seems like he always does it another way the next time. You know? I mean, he doesn't want us to get dependent on a certain method or a certain way that the glory came through or that the answer came. He wants us to always look to him. That's what makes it alive. That's what makes it real, is you take these things, but you stay focused on Him. And I'll tell you what, He makes your life an adventure that's, that's worth living. Praise the Lord. All right, so we've gone through these different principles, and the last week when we ended, we were talking about this, this one that I have as number eight, but I, I said it is this, is, is acting on the Word. You know, we've talked about having joy. We've talked about having going to God for wisdom. We've talked about keeping our mind single out of James chapter 1, keeping it straight on Him, not being a double-minded person. We've talked about persevering and not blaming God when we get into problems. And we've talked about keeping our flesh down. We've talked about receiving the Word. And then last week when we were just at, towards the end, we talked about this, this last principle that, that we're on, and that is just acting on the Word. And in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says in the Moffat Bible, it says, Act on the word instead of merely listening to it and deluding yourselves. So he's saying this, that if all you ever do is listen to the word and never go out and act on what you've listened to, you're deluding yourself. We don't want to do that. How many want to do that? None of us do. Nobody raise your hand now. That's not the time to raise your hand unless you're saying, praise God, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you got, you know, it can happen. J.B. Phillips, not Williams, but Phillips says it this way. He says, don't, I beg you, only hear the message, but put it into practice. Otherwise, you're merely, again, deluding yourselves. Maybe Moffat and Phillips were friends. I don't know. They both use that word. But, but here's the thing. When you're reading the Bible, like even like on a daily basis, you know, you're just, you're just going to pull the word out and read it. 
here's the deal. I, I would suggest reading it out loud. I would suggest talking to God about the word. But I would suggest this too. Whatever you're reading, learn to act on it. Learn to act on it. Say how, here's, here's how you could do it. You could say, God, you know, you read a little passage of scripture, you know, and don't go reading the one about Judas hung himself or something, you know. No, come on. Okay. Read a little further. You know, but 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 when you're reading the word, you know, like you're reading the epistles or something and and, you know, you know, you read a verse or something maybe about who you are in Christ. Ask God and say, all right, how can I put this into practice? How could I act like this is so today? Sometimes all it is is you stand up and you walk different, you talk and you talk different. Talking is a big way you can act on the word. It's probably one of the primary ways you can just get your motor going and begin to act on the word is just by speaking like God speaks, okay? But whatever you're reading, Brother Hagin, you know, he was born again, you know, when he was a teenager, and, and he, uh, he uh, was, was, you know, had all kinds of things wrong with his body. He had a heart disease and a blood disease, and his body was, you know, almost totally paralyzed, but only, it was partial, I guess, but he laid in bed, he was bed fast, and, and, and he began to read the word, and he said, he made this commitment to God, he says, whatever I read, I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to act on it, and he said, I was doing really good, until I got up to the part where it talked about how that God values our life, and that we needed to trust him, and not worry, he said, frankly, I didn't get any further in the Bible for months. He says, I couldn't read any further because I got to this part, it was Matthew 6. You know, God takes thought of the birds of the air and don't take thought of your own life. Aren't you more value than they? You know, if he supplies things for them, won't he take care of you? And I know I'm paraphrasing it, but you know what I'm talking about. And he came up to that part and he said he just had to stop because he was going to, you know, be honest. He was going to be true with God. And he said, I saw that God wanted me to not worry. And he said, I just can't do that. He said, you don't understand, God. You know, you can talk to God when you're going through things. When you have questions, you can talk to him. Even when you're questioning him, you can talk to him. He says, God, I don't think you understand how I'm wired, how I'm built. He said, I'm a champion warrior. And, and for you to say, for me to cast my care on you, for you to say that I need to trust you in every area of my life, he says, that is just bizarre. That's just going, eh, eh. I can't do that. That's, he says, not only am I a champion warrior, but mom is a champion warrior, and she trained me. And he says, and, and before that, grandma she was, and grandpa, they were champion warriors. They, they took the prize. They have a trophy on the mantle that says champion warrior, and they've raised me and trained me in this line. How can I just stop doing it? It would be ceasing to be who I am. And he cried, and he, he bawled, and you know, he says this, he bawled and squalled and, and, and you know, and, and just, you know, argued with God for, for months until he kind of came to a point and he says, well, if you told me to do this, God, you're going to enable me to do it. And he just made a decision and he walked over and he changed his perspective on life. Here's the deal. If you want to really get power out of God's word, we've got to be more than just hearers. We've got to be people of action. We've got to be people who are going to act on God's word. Now, Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 17. 
I've got, I've got a number of stories. We'll see how many of them we get through. I never get through my notes. And you know what? My goal is never to preach my whole sermon. You know that? I don't care. I don't care if I don't even open it. You know? My goal is just to somehow get in a groove and hear the Holy Ghost and say what he wants us to say in any given, given service. That's, that's how we want to roll in this place. You know? Um, who cares what we do? We just want God. We want God here. We want His presence manifest in this place. We want every person when they walk in here to know, wow, God's here and He loves me. He accepts me. He wants to help me in my life. He wants me to live for Him. He wants me to rise up and be something in the earth. Wow. That's what we want here. We want you leaving this place feeling 10 feet tall. And if you're in kids' church, we want you at least to feel six feet tall when you leave, okay? You know, but some of these kids, I'll tell you, man, what happens? Like in a summertime, some of these kids grow a foot. Have you noticed that? Man, wow. Anyway, Luke 5, verse 17. All right, I've got a few of these, but I want to start with this one. It says, it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, it says, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And it says, The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And it says, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop, and led him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. Now, I want to stop for a minute. I can just tell you this, that whenever you... Now, these men decided to act on the word. They'd heard about Jesus, and they had a friend. And we've said this before. Everybody needs four crazy friends in life because there'll be situations that you're in in life that, that you know, you just need people. You know how many think it's a good idea to have friends? Yes. You know? It's a good idea to have friends. How many would rather have a million friends than a million dollars? I'd rather have a million friends, but let everyone give me a dollar or two. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> but it's important you at least have four good friends like this guy that can pick you up in the, the bad places of life and get you to Jesus. They can grab, you know, you can call them up and not be embarrassed about your situation and think they're going to make fun of you or think, well, hey, I thought you had faith. What's up with that? No, they're not going to do that. No, they're going to get down there where you're at and pick you up and get you to the place you need to be. Well, these guys, they, they were that kind of, they were these kind of people. They, they were there. They picked their friend up there, getting him to Jesus. But I can just guarantee you this. Whenever you set out to act on the word like these guys obviously did, there are going to be obstacles. It isn't going to be exactly like you envisioned it. I'm sure it was a stretch already for them to pick this guy up. I don't know how far they had to walk, but they had to carry this guy, you know, to the meeting where Jesus was at. And I'm sure in their minds, they're thinking, well, we'll get there and we'll get right up there by the master. But they get to the place, instead of that happening, there's a big crowd and they can't even, get, you've ever had that happen? You know, you go, go to the movies and there's a crowd and you can't get in. You sit by your honey. Oh, I'm not about that. What am I going to do? Well, you know what? These guys weren't discouraged because of the obstacle. 
These are the kind of people that when they ran into an obstacle, they said, well, I tell you what, it doesn't matter. We're going to find another way and we're going to make it happen. That's the way we need to be. That's the way these guys were. It says, then they got up, they got their friend. Where did I leave off? It says, they let him down through the roof. Often wondered, you know, what the owner of the house thought when these guys are ripping their roof out. They made a hole. They made a hole to get their friend to Jesus. They made a hole with their faith to break through the circumstances and get this guy to the answer. And I'll tell you what, there's a hole there for us to get through that these guys made. We can tap into Jesus anytime, anywhere, any place. Hallelujah. Nothing going to stand in our way. Jesus, it switches over to Jesus here, and it says, And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. How did he see their faith? Have you ever seen faith? What is it? Is it a mysterious vapor that kind of comes on a person? You know, is it blue? Is it green? I don't know. And it kind of, you walk around and you got faith and Jesus says, hey, hey, bow tie, faith, yeah, all right. <laughs> no, my, no, he didn't see it like that. It wasn't like a spiritual vision where he was opened up to him and he could see these guys in the spirit. They had like muscles like, like Arnold or something. No, no, no. What he did is he saw their action. He saw these people, man, they don't just sit back and say, heard that. Wow, that was one powerful message. Woo-hoo. Now, these are guys that got up, they heard the word, they heard about it, and they grabbed their friend and they said, we're going to get him to Jesus. That was action. You know what? That was faith. Jesus looked out and he saw their faith. He didn't see a spiritual vision. He saw what they were doing and he said, wow, these guys, they got it together. They're acting on faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? I'll tell you, no matter what, when miracles are happening and, and, and the power of God is moving, religious people get riled up. You, don't, you, can't, you can't help it. You've got to be who you are. You can't please everybody. I'm not a big politically correct person, Okay. Sorry. It just, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody. Better to please God. Better to please God than every other person and every religious person. Well, does that mean you don't love religious people? No, that's not what it means. I don't like the religious attitude. I don't like that kind of stuff. It's actually, it's from the devil. Sorry, it is. But you know what? These people can get redeemed. They can step over. They can step out of that place and get into a new place. God saved a whole bunch of us religious weirdos, okay? And, and uh, you know what? Here, there's hope for all of us. But I'm just telling you this. They'll get riled up. Might as well, might as well just whatever. Just go for it. Don't be held back. Dana's word lately has been move forward. Let's move forward. Who gives a rip? Let's go for the gusto. Amen. So Jesus, it says, he perceived their thoughts and answered him and said, why do you reason in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say your sins be forgiven or rise up and walk. Well, that put him in their place. How many of them were just, well, I don't think it's very dignified that he says, or even writes politically, theologically, hermeneutically, that he should just say your sins are forgiven you. Well, how many of them are just saying, rise up and walk? There wasn't, I, I would guess, not a whole lot of it was happening in that crowd, okay? Probably not. But, but you know, Jesus is like, well, what would you rather I say here? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go in to thy house. And immediately he rose up before them, and he took uh, whereon he was laying, and he departed to his own house, glorifying God. And all were amazed, and they glorified God, and they were filled with fear, saying, I just have to throw this part in. They said, we've been seeing some strange things today. <laughs> That's what I want to be said when you walk out of Liberty Christian Center. We've been seeing some strange things today. Woo! Anyway, here's the thing. Acting on the word. You know, this guy had friends that acted on the word. This guy had friends that got him to Jesus. But I want to tell you this, this guy acted on the word himself too. It would have been very easy when Jesus comes up to this man and says, and all he did, he didn't like rub him with oil. He didn't, you know, pray for 10 minutes. He didn't do anything. None of that stuff's bad. That's all good. I've done all that. But in this case, all Jesus did is look at him and say, arise, take up your bed, walk. Now, I've got to tell you, that man laying on the cot was no different than you and me. Thoughts in his mind probably came like this. Jesus, did you not see that I had to be carried in here? Did you not see that I had friends that carried my cot, and you're telling me to get up, arise, and take my own cot and walk on? Come on now. Come on, let's get real here. Come on, Jesus. But I'm telling you, this guy got up. He took his bed and he walked. Acting, and, and I love this scripture too, because it, the very first thing it says is, Jesus was there, and it says, the power of the Lord was present to heal. I'm going to tell you, the power of the Lord is present to heal today. Yes. And one way you can unleash that power, grab hold of that power, is to just act on the word. Just step out and act on the word. Act on the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Act on what God's saying to you. And I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll bring results. It'll bring results in your life. I've got some more. Can you take a few more? John chapter 9, 1 through 7 is what we're going to read. Faith, what we're talking about today, out of James chapter 1 verse 22, is not being hearers only, but being people that will act on the word of God. Act on the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's, I'll, tell, I'll throw this in there too. Always be sure to act on the word God's telling you. You know, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'll be real with you. It won't always work when you just try to. Sometimes you can tag along, but it won't always work by acting on something that God said to somebody else. Okay? I, I think I've told this before. I'll just tell it for safety anyways because you get new people all the time. Uh, when I was going to Bible school, you know, I went to Rama Bible Training Center back, back in the day, and, and uh, Brother Copeland would come to our school on occasion, and he'd teach for a week, and, you know, I was always great, you know, and good night. Who wouldn't want Brother Copeland teaching for a week, you know? <laughs> and I, I, he told a story once about giving away a car, you know, and God instructed him to give away a car. And when he gave his car away, God gave him a brand new car, okay? 
How many think that's cool? I think that's cool. I, I love that. Love hearing stories like that. Well, some Ramus student, you know, God bless the Ramus students, you know, but he, they heard this and they said, well, bless God, I'm going to do the same thing. And they gave away their car. And this guy was easy to identify the rest of the year because he, he was the one that walked to school every day. Okay. Well, how come it worked for Brother Copeland and it didn't work for him? Well, God didn't tell that guy to give his car away. He told Brother Copeland to give it away. He didn't tell that guy to do it. Okay. Let's obey what God tells us to do. Let's find it in the word, you know. And here, I'll just go down this road too. You know, I believe God for my eyes to be healed. I think I'll just break my glasses. Well, there's a trouble. Don't be thinking about that, okay? You know, faith will work if you just put your glasses aside and say, all right, I just believe while I'm home, not driving my car. Did you all hear that? Not <laughs> driving my car. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just read this book, you know, or I'll, I'll watch TV or I'll do something like that. You know, God, Terry Nelson, when he was uh, a young lad, uh, guy we're going to Haiti with, you know, God, God healed his eyes, and, and, and he, 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 he just got up. He put his glasses on the nightstand one night, said, I believe I'm healed. I believe I received my healing. He got up in the morning, his eyes worked. You know how he proved it out? He went to the doctor, had him check it. That'd be a good way to check it out. Yeah. He had the doctor check it, and he says, oh, you got 20-20 visions. He said, okay, then I'll get rid of my glasses. Wouldn't that make sense? That would be good. Just safety precaution. I'm throwing out a little net here. Okay. All right. John 9 uh, one through seven. It says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him and said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now, some people have said, Well, you know, did that, is that what caused the thing? You know, did this man sin himself? Was he, did he sin before he was born? No, come on, let's not get goofy. But there were theories like that. People thought like that back in that day. There were doctrines like that going around. But here, let me just do something for you. I saw Fred Price do this 30 years ago, and it works. King James Bible is a great version. I, I read it all the time. But, you know, how many know the translation is good, but the uh, punctuation was not necessarily inspired by God. It was put in by the translators, okay? Can you follow me on that? So this one, this verse, it says this. It says, uh, uh, the, the disciples asked him and said, Master, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Okay, that was the question they asked. Obviously, in their minds, because of teaching they had heard and been exposed to, that this guy had to have been blind because of somebody's sin. Well, technically, I guess that's true because the sin of Adam brought sickness into the world, okay? Opened the door where sin and sickness walked through. But it wasn't necessarily something that his parents or this guy had done. So Jesus answered him, and he said, "'Neither this man has sinned nor his parents.'" Uh, but that the works of God should be made manifest him in him, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is yet day, and the night comes and no man can work. So he said this, instead of putting a colon here after Nora's parents, let's, let's put in a, a period. Jesus answered and said, neither this man sinned nor his parents, period. But that the works of God be made manifest in, in him, I'll work the works of him that sent me. That's how it should read, if you caught that. All right, uh, as, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. This is good. This is another one of those strange things, okay? 
And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which by interpretation is sent. And he went his way, therefore, and he washed, and he came back seen. Now, again, you know, Jesus ministered in different ways. I'm glad we have record of these things because, you know, it, it isn't like we should have a doctrine of spitting or, you know, you know, let's line them up. You know, Jesus ministered under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And I, I got to tell you, we need to be open to the unction of the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm glad that Jesus, you know, flowed like that. I mean, he was open and he's, God is so creative. He's so wild. He isn't limited to, you know, my little pea brain or whatever. He's gone beyond. He breaks down barriers. He breaks down walls. And, and I tell you, you know, it's like that one guy that, that had the service way back in the day. Somebody think of it, tell me who it is. But it's somebody you'd all know is Wesley or somebody. And somebody fell under the, the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, that wasn't a phenomenon that, that had happened a whole lot. And everybody in the crowd was going, whoa, whoa. Was that God or was that the devil? Was that God or was that the devil? They laid hands on somebody. It was a lady, I believe, and she fell under the power. She was on the ground. And, and the minister... Does anybody know who that was, Jamie? You know that? Anyway, it was somebody everybody would know. And uh, he, she's laying there, and they said, well, they looked to him as the preacher. They says, well, what is it? Is it God or is it the devil? She goes, well, he goes, well, let's just sit back until and, and, she gets up, and let's see who gets the glory for it. That was a Holy Ghost answer. So the lady, you know, a little while later, she throws up her hands and starts praising God, and he goes, well, that was God. <laughs> So anyway, Jesus is here, and this guy comes. He's blind from birth. The disciples make it a, a doctrinal dispute, but he settles it. He says there wasn't because of this man or his parents' sin, just period. But let's work the works of God because God sent me. And, and he says to the guy, he says, says, here, and he spits on the ground. He puts mud in his eye. I don't know if that's where the saying came from or not, but I'll tell you it works. He puts mud in his eye, and he says, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam, you know, which means sent. And the guy went and did it, and he came back, and he could see. That was a miracle. That was a miracle. But let me tell you something. This guy, you know, there's the, in, in the book of Corinthians, it talks about these kind of things. He says, working of miracles. Working of miracles. I wish that word working would just be omitted from there. I wish it was just miracles. And Jesus would have just said, see. And the guy goes, whoa, whoa, I could see. But sometimes, sometimes, hey, this is important here. Sometimes there's a working of miracles. Sometimes you got to do some action. Sometimes you got to step into this stuff. Well, I just wish, I wish God would heal me today. Well, get up and be healed. <laughs> so he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. I'll tell you, this guy was a guy no different from you and me. He had feelings just like we do. I, if it was me and somebody had just put mud in my eye, my thought would be, Siloam nothing. I'm getting to the first spittle of water or whatever, and I'm washing this stuff out of my eye. No one's, I'm, I'm hitting for the men's room right away. Get that off before somebody who knows me sees me. What are you doing walking around with a face full of mud? Then you try to explain, well, I was at this meeting, and the guy up there, he threw this on me. I'm telling you, your mind can go places. Your mind can get you out of the power of God. 
like that. But I'm telling you what, if we'll act on the word, and if we'll act on the unction of the Holy Ghost, we'll see miracles. Things will happen. Hey, miracles are for us today. Miracles are here for us today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! So anyway, he came back, and, and he washed, and he came seeing. Luke 6, let's look at this. Luke 6, verse 6. Your flesh will talk you out of stuff. Your flesh doesn't want to flow in the power of God. Your mind, unless it's trained to obey the word and obey your spirit and obey the unction, your mind will trip you up and, and keep you from the power of God. Your flesh is always going to go, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, come on. Who are you kidding? All right, here it is. It came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered a synagogue and taught where he taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he'd heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up, stand forth in the midst. And he rose and stood forth. And Jesus said unto them, I'll ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil or to save life or to destroy it? Looking around about them, and, and he said unto the man, Stretch forth your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Again, here's this guy. He's in the middle of church. I, I don't want to be embarrassed any more than anyone, but, but Jesus, for whatever reason, he called him out. He said, Get up, stand forth in the midst. And then, then as it goes on, you know, he asked the scribes and Pharisees stuff, you know, because he knew they had all kinds of crazy thoughts. But he says this, he says, he says, stretch forth your hand. And when he did, it was made whole as the other. Hallelujah. You mean that happened in church? Yeah, it happened in church. Strange things happen in church. Second Kings chapter 5. Let's turn there. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a doer. I act on the word. I don't just hear the word. I do the word. I won't be duped. I won't be a dupe. I'm a doer of the word of God. Hallelujah. Doing the word. Acting on the word. Hearing the word and putting it into practice. Hearing the word and believing the word is true. I tell you what, it'll cause you to rise up. It'll cause results in your life. Hearing the word. Doing the word. Hearing the word and acting on the word. 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but, but it's, the story is here of Naaman. And, and I'll just read verse 1 to start. It says, Now Naaman was captain of the host of the king of Syria, and he was a great man. And with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, and he was also a mighty man in valor, but... He was a leper. Now, as it goes on, I'm going to skip over to verse 9 and read a little chunk. But really, he, 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 he found out about the man of God in Israel and that, that he had a connection with God. I'll tell you what. When a person is sick and really sick, it'll drop denominational barriers. They hear of a move of God, they're going to get to it. I hear, I've heard of people that were like totally against healing and everything, but they get sick. Next thing you know, they're in a Benny Hinn meeting. <laughs> a guy in the white suit. Hey, you may not like white suits, but I do like the power of God. Hallelujah. I, I, I love seeing the power of God set people free. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Don't let those kind of obstacles stand in the way of you and what God intends for you. In chapter 5, verse 9, it says, So Naaman came with his horses and his chariot. Now they're coming up to you know, Elisha's house here. Elisha was the prophet of God. You know, Elisha was the one that, that stood there waiting when Elijah was caught up into heaven. Elisha is the one that had the double portion anointing on his life, you know, back in them days. You know, the Old Testament, he had, he had its poured on him in a double measure. He went down twice, got dipped. So, so he, Naaman came, you know, with his horses and his chariots. I'm sure it was like the Mercedes-Benz of the day. Pulled up to Elijah's house. He was a man of some means. He pulls up to Elijah's house and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go wash in the river Jordan seven times and your flesh will come again to you and you shall be clean. This is the messenger. Now, Elisha didn't come out. He wasn't impressed with the chariots that Naaman pulled up in. You know, he didn't, he didn't you, know, you know, get nervous about it. He sent out his servant to this man, to this captain, and said, this is the word of the Lord for you. Go wash in the river Jordan. Dip down seven times and your skin's going to be clean like a baby. Well, in verse 11, it says, Naaman, hearing this word, was wroth. Now, is that a descriptive word or, or not? He was wroth. He was ticked. And he, was, he, he had a bee in his bonnet or however you'd want to say it. He, he, he went away and he said this, Behold, I thought. Now, I underline that in my Bible, the words, I thought. Sometimes that can get you in trouble. He said, I thought, surely the man of God would come to me, stand, call on the name of the Lord God, his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Now that thought almost kept him from the power of God. Do you know that a thought is that powerful that it can keep you from the very miracle that God has for your life? So Naaman had this thought that, you know, how it was going to be how it was going to come about. And when it didn't happen that way, he was mad. And he said, man, that's not how I pictured it at all. Who cares? Who cares? You know, he went on on his rant and he said, don't we have better waters than these in our land than the dip in the Jordan? The Jordan? Let me tell you, it's not about the water. It's not about the oil. You know, it's not about, you know, you know, the hands or whatever. It's about God. And it's about obeying Him. It's about acting on the unction. It's about acting and obeying the unction of the Holy Ghost. Well, he came to himself. He had a servant that helped him see things straight. And, and he finally, he went off. And it was humbling, I'm sure. Probably was public. People probably saw this guy. He saw his entourage coming and said, Whoa, look at this. And the guy gets out and has to dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. But he, he goes down once. He goes down twice. This is acting on the word. He didn't get healed because he went down five times. But it was the, sixth, it was the seventh time he goes down and he gets up. And it was whole. Acting on the word will bring results. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'll just quickly tell you this one. Jairus, you know, his daughter, you know, was, was sick. He heard about Jesus and he came to Jesus. This is the one that stands out to me in this way. He came to Jesus and that was acting on the word. He heard about Jesus and he came to Jesus because his daughter was sick. He came looking for help. And of course, if you read this story in Mark chapter 5, you'll see that, that just as Jesus is going with Jairus, he's thinking, man, things are cool now. I got this guy. He's the healer. He's coming to my house. Someone else comes in with a great need in their life and pulls on the power of God. It was the woman with the issue of blood. Can you imagine the mind of Jairus, this father? You know what it's like to have a kid that's sick. He goes, hey, hey, what are you, he was coming with me. What are you doing stepping in here, taking the guy that's going to come and pray for my daughter? What is up with that? And Jesus even commends the woman and says, wow, woman, your faith has made you whole. We could talk about her. We'll do that another day. But, but he says, your faith made you whole. Jairus is standing back having to keep his cool. But you know, don't ever get jealous of what God's doing in other people's lives. Because I'll tell you, keep yourself free from that and it'll keep the power going in yours. When God does something in, in someone else's, the woman with the issue of blood gets healed, you know, here's how we need to be like Jairus on the side going, yeah, woo, glory, lady, you got your healing going, behold. Because Jesus, when he got done there, man, he walked on with Jairus. And there was a victory march in his house. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter. I mean, man, don't, don't get hung up on what God's doing with other people. You are important to God. Hallelujah, I'm closing. All right, so trials, temptations, all that stuff, they're designed by the devil to produce lack in your life. They're designed to rob you of the word. They're designed, they're really, they're not after you. They're after the word that's in your life, trying to keep you from being effective in the earth. You can go through trials with a winning attitude because you know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Trials, I'm going to just say this. I'm whipping through this. Trials don't produce patience or endurance in your life. But it's when you use your faith against the trial, then they produce patience and endurance. Okay? All right. Some tests you can see in advance. Some tests are surprise tests. But if you're keeping the word, you'll never be taken off guard. Okay? You'll know what to do when you need to do it. James 1.25 will end with this. It says, Whoever looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So hallelujah, being a hearer and being a doer will cause blessing in your life. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.